Hey, y'all. It's Scott Tempesta with Sailing Anarchy. We're doing another podcast. This is number 73, I believe. Um, as I mentioned, I have had some great uh, suggestions for topics and guests and those sort of things on the show. And and one thing that somebody asked me was, you know, could I talk about who I thought the best sailor in San Diego was? Well, as much of an expert as I am, uh, I'm probably not qualified to render that judgment. But, you know, I think I've been here long enough in San Diego and, you know, seen what's happened over the, oh, I don't know, the last three decades or so. Um, you know, I have a pretty good idea of who the great, great ones from San Diego are. I mean, and I, I wouldn't even start a list because I'd leave somebody off. But, you know, it could be Malin Burnham. It could be Vince Brune. Could be Ash Bound from way back in the day, uh, who ended up being a Dennis Connor's mentor, and I think had a large part uh, of his success just in terms of the influence. Um, is it Mark Reynolds? I mean, one cannot dispute his Olympic record, uh, being a world champion in the star. Um, wow, he's right up there. But I mean, I think without a doubt, you know, the Baylor to come out of San Diego. Uh, and maybe it's cliche and maybe it's easy to say this. I don't know, but I've raced against him forever. Uh, I've had a lot of conversations with him. I've seen what he's done. His track record is beyond belief. It has to be Dennis Conner. I mean, he has to be the best sailor overall. You know, it's not just the America's Cup stuff, which in and of itself would be amazing. You know, it's what he did as an Olympian. It's what he did in the star class. I mean... You talk about a legend, it's got to be DC. And so, um, you know, rather than go play by play with all the players, I mean, I don't know, I would give some consideration to Scott Tempesta. You know, he's right up there. Um, uh, it's Dennis Conner. That, that's who it would be. But that made me think about, you know, some of the great San Diegans. And one of the greatest San Diegans, I mean, a decent sailor. But no, not known so much for that, but clearly known for his design prowess, his innovation, and his you know, absolute breakthrough and smashing of the world's designers at the time has to be Doug Peterson. Um, and, you know, the spinoffs that have come from Doug Peterson, right? The people that have gone through his office, John Reichel, uh, Jimmy Pugh, um, Ellen Andrews, I'm sure. There's a bunch of people who have worked with Doug and no doubt heavily influenced by Doug. Um, so I wanted to share, and this is not me going back in the Wayback Machine. Yes, it is. Um, and I might have a couple stories like this because I have fairly interesting history, not in terms of me, but just the people that I've had the good fortune to meet and to sail with or sail against. Um, and Doug Peterson is, is one of the guys that I have one of the best stories uh, to tell about. So I think the year is 80, 1983. I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of you listening today are like, what? Was there sailing back then? Um, they had cotton sails, didn't they? Uh, no, it was like every era. The era that I happened to be born into or it's, you know, was sailing in was amazing. And I'm specifically talking about IOR boats. Um, Unless you sailed them, and unless you sailed some good ones, you, you couldn't possibly know uh, what great 
boats they actually were to sail. I mean, they were super bitching. And yeah, put them next to a modern, you know, IMS, IRC boat. And, you know, they look, well, they look dated because they are. But at the time, it's what was. And it's where the designers were putting, you know, all of their energy, all the top ones in the entire world. And one of the best ever, of course, is Bruce Farr. Um, I've been in San Diego, oh, I don't know. I've been going to San Diego State, screwed around in journalism for a while, uh, blah, 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 blah. I, but I virtually knew nobody in San Diego. I was not a member of the Yacht Club. Um, I just didn't know anybody. Somehow, the FAR 36 uh, Freefall, I think it's Design 124, ended up in San Diego. And the guy that owned it, just this amazing guy named Ted Simpkins, lived up in Newport Beach. And he wanted to keep the boat down here. And, I mean, I, I didn't know anything of the boat. I wasn't really involved much in any of the IOR sailing. But, you know, it's who you know, and one guy knows somebody, and then somebody turns out to ask if, you know, you can sail. I'm like, I sure, I'll sail. So I got asked to come, believe it or not, to steer Freefall, this FAR 36. Um, <laughs> I had literally never been on a boat with running backstays. You know, I'd mostly sailed smaller, you know, morph and morsey kind of boats. You know, the runners were really check stays. Almost all the boats were masthead. So runners, you know, clearly weren't nearly as important as the runners on a fractional rig. And Freefall was certainly a fractional rig with a ginormous mane. Um, for those of you who uh, pay attention to this kind of stuff, it was whole number. I mean, it was design number 124 out of the FAR office. They did two of them at the same time, I believe, Freefall and McGizzy. I believe Freefall went on to be Hot Tub. Um on the East Coast, I believe. And then the owner of this Freefall bought a Garrett-built FAR 40 after that. And um, that's another story, but I was fortunate enough to, to get on board after an original sailmaker had kind of failed at getting the boat going. Uh, I, I had started working for Sobstad Sales. At that point, down the road, Sobstad became Quantum. Um, and uh, so I got the full inventory on that boat, and we made that thing go. Not the world's greatest boat, but a pretty good light air boat. And we made the 40 go just fine. So I get asked to sail on this um, FAR 36, not just sail on it, but steer. And I, I just was so overwhelmed by not only how incredibly bitching the boat was. I mean, you could just go ahead and look at any pictures from back in the day of the FAR 36s, Freefall and the Gizzy, notably Freefall being the boat that, that I ended up sailing on. I mean, they were so incredible looking, you know, that, that sort of, um, that far wide transom. It just, it was such a great look. And so I was, you know, just overwhelmed by how great it was. Well, it turned out that the boat was, didn't really have a, a bunch of good guys on the boat. It wasn't, it wasn't really a program when it was in San Diego. It was just in San Diego. And the guy that I think was the primary builder, you know, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. His first name was Larry, the greatest guy in the world. You know, he knew somebody who knew me and set, asked me to come, like I said. Okay, I don't want to go all that again. But so I'm, I get on the boat and not everybody knows all that much. And 
as I said, I don't know jack about frackies. I mean, I just don't know. I know how to steer. I'm, you know, I was pretty good at that point, although I still was com- completely unknown. And listen, not that I was became somebody. Listen, I know my ranking, you know, it's down there. Let's just say this. I'm out of the top 20. <laughs> I may have cracked the top 20 once in San Diego. Once. Carl Eichenlaub, believe it or not, at one time said that he thought I was the, the best sailor in San Diego. And, and while the answer to that is a clear no, I was really good at what I was doing uh, at the time. So it was a hell of a compliment from a hell of a man and, a, and one hell of a legend. So we're sailing the boat and, you know, we go out early and, you know, I'm, uh, every time I look up at the main, I'm just stunned by the enormity of it. You know, I don't have the dimensions in front of me, but the E must have been like 30 feet. I swear to God, it was just so huge in this tiny, skinny, fracky rig. But the boat went really well. I mean, it, it, it's one of the better boats as far as, far as I'm concerned um, for back in the day. And we, you know, started to figure things out. I had a couple guys on board who I knew who had got me on the boat, really good trimmer, and, you know, another guy who could help, you know, get the boat going. And um, so we went out and did an Iowa regatta. And, you know, being as clueless as I was, um, we managed to, you know, I think just because the boat was so fast, it really didn't have much to do with me. I, I'm just being completely honest. Um, we ended up second. In the regatta, I think in our class, yeah, we really good. I mean, it was a good regatta, and um, I'm like, damn, wow, this is whoa, this is cool because you know, there's a lot of good IOR boats out of San Diego, you know, back then. I mean, like a lot of good boats, and um, you know, just to be able to crack the podium, I, I just thought was holy moly, this is really great. So uh, I'm a, at this point in my life, I'm about as far away from uh, being a member at San Diego Yacht Club as is, as, as is possible. I know nobody. Um, you know, it's still to me on the outside uh, and even being inside. I mean, just the recognition of what a sort of like hollowed, you know, club this was. San Diego Yacht Club, right? Home of the America's Cup and Olympic champions and... You know, everybody knows San Diego Yacht Club. Everybody knows of its history and its reputation. I mean, it's a very, very desirable place to end up, the Yacht Club. Um, and uh, the fact that they eventually let me in uh, later is maybe they had a lapse in judgment of their membership board at that time. But I, but I got in and uh, I felt I felt great about it. Uh, if I have time at the end of this broadcast... I'll tell you how I'll tell you how it went when I went to my first. So all all the people that sort of passed the initial you know application phase and they think that they're going to have. Okay, I'm going to tell the story now. Hell of it, that they think they're going to have as members. Well, you're all invited to this giant luncheon, right? And um, so it's the membership committee there, and I don't know some board of directors, I believe, and then maybe there were about oh twenty or so of us potential members right so i'm oh boy maybe i'm 28 and at this time yeah i think so and i know nobody again nobody i'm fast forwarding a couple of years but i still really don't know anybody other than you know i had a, i was working at a mark reynolds loft uh so i knew mark right i'd become friends with a couple other people but 
I'm sitting at this luncheon. I've got a I've got a suit and tie on, and you know, trust me, I am the anti suit and tie guy. I'm an anti shoes guy. I mean, if I cannot wear shoes and just wear flip flops, I'm totally happy in life, completely happy. I don't care if it's raining; doesn't matter to me. I hate shoes, so I have to wear shoes and a suit and tie. Okay, I'm sitting at this luncheon, and I am freaking the fuck out. I don't know anybody at this table. I have nothing to say to any of them, like nothing. And I'm sure if you looked at me, you could see the flop sweat. I mean, I am sort of, you know, people are, you know, a little, everybody's a little timid, but conversations are starting to happen. And I'm sitting there like this douche. And I'm thinking, oh my God, if this goes the way this goes, I'm not, when they, they want me to say something. So Scott, uh, tell us about the, you know, what you've been doing. I'll be like, uh, 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 I just, uh, can I go now? Like, I swear to God, I, I'm not normally a nervous guy. So nervous at this. This is it, right? I mean, this is my final step to get into Sanio Yacht Club, for God's sake. So, you know, I'm there and I'm like, you know, I'm just, <laughs> you can just imagine. It's just an awful thing. But I've got to tough it out and i got to find some commonality. I mean, we're all sailors, but I just, I don't know. I'm in my own world. I'm in my own head. So um, I hear somebody go, hey, does anybody know how, I think it was the La Paz race. Pretty sure it was a La Paz race. Anybody hear about the La Paz race? Well, lo and behold, I had literally just gotten back a few days earlier from doing the La Paz race. And I was sailing on a uh, Nelson Merrick 44, that was uh, one of the sort of the more famous San Diego Yacht Club boats. Uh, they had a little syndicate together. It was called Travieso. And uh, the boat had passed ha hands. <clears throat> and I had put a bunch of sails on the boat. And we did the La Paz race. And we were first in class and second overall. Like, it was just such a great race for the boat. So I'm like, oh, thank God. I heard somebody say La Paz race. So... When the guy asked the question, I'm like, oh, uh, me, me, choose me. Choose. Like I raised my hand like I was in class, you know, and I go, oh, I just did the race. So suddenly a bunch of heads at the table turned to me like, oh, you did? I'm like, yeah, I did. I, uh, uh, I was on Travieso and you were first in class. And they're like, oh, my God, we heard about that. Wow. So before you know it, I'm holding court at the table you know, for all the people that are racers. And back then, you know, most of the people that they were pulling into the Yacht Club, I don't know how true that is anymore. <clears throat> um, the racers, they wanted racers. They wanted people that could race and could race well. So I'm just telling people about, you know, oh, this and we did this and it was great. And I'm trying not to be a dick, you know, like boasting, but I'm, I wanted to be clear to the table and especially to the people, um, you know, who are rendering my judgment. I mean, it's a thumbs up, thumbs down at this point. And I'm just you know, regaling with stories. And well, needless to say, the, the, wet, the rest of the luncheon went just fine. And uh, I ended up chatting with a couple of people afterwards. And, you know, I left there feeling fairly confident that I would get in. And, and indeed I did get in. And uh, I've been a member there for, dare I say it, like 36 years. Yeah. I'm old, okay? Didn't I discuss this already in a previous episode? I don't want to have to go through it again. So let's get back to the free fall story because this is a good one. And it's about Doug Peterson. Um, 
and it's about it's about the wonderment and the insanity of meeting a guy who you'd only read about right back when yachting and sea magazine and whatever else was out there um you know you read about these guys that's there was no you know intro web and um you know there was none of that it was like you had to wait for the the magazines or you know whatever people were talking about and so Doug Peterson clearly you know I knew of I knew of obviously I knew everything about him in terms of like the boats he had done and the races that they had won and you know just what a what a rebel he was dare I say an anarchist uh, to some degree because Doug actually was and I know that because I'll tell you why in a little bit um so we go into San Diego Yacht Club after the regatta which we'd finished second in I don't know if it was overall or class I kind of think it was class but I'm not sure could have been overall let's say for the sake of me boasting it was second overall okay and um I don't know anybody at the yacht club and uh the first walk into the San Diego Yacht Club bar <clears throat> being nobody uh is kind of incredible um you know you can't help but look around and be in awe of I don't know everything about it I mean the trophies the pictures of the 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 great sailors uh, the commodores it's really something else so I'm, sta- I'm at the bar um you know order a drink i'm with a you know a couple of guys that sailed with me and i'm just i'm just <laughs> like the luncheon you know fast forwarding a few years i'm just kind of sitting there standing there like i know nobody here like what, what do i start i i didn't even know obviously i've changed uh, as a person, because I'm not afraid to just like, you know, blah all the time. Um, but I, I didn't know anything about blang and I didn't know anything about you. I just keep my mouth shut. So guy turns to me and goes, Oh, Hey, how are you? I go, oh, good. He goes, Oh, what boat were you on? And I go, Oh, I was on free fall, you know? And of course I'm proud as hell that somehow the, the universe aligned things so that I could find myself steering that boat. Uh, not deserving of it for sure, but for whatever reason, they didn't have people. Like I said, okay, so I was steering free fall, and I go, oh, I was sailing free fall, and he goes, oh yeah, that, that far boat. I go, I go, yeah. I was about to say what a great boat it was, again, not knowing who I'm talking to, and he goes, ah, that, that's not that great. And I go, I don't know, it seemed pretty great to me, and so he goes, well, who are you? And I go. Nobody. No, I said, oh, I'm Scott Tempesta. I'm, you know, fairly new around here. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, the thing going pretty good. And I'm like, hey, thanks. I mean, I'm pretty new to it all, but, but yeah, he goes, yeah, yeah. And I think he went on to diss, diss the boat a, a little bit, even though it was virtually undissable at the time. I mean, it was just a, a fabulous boat and a boat that could win all the time. And it did win all the time. Um, and so I, uh, so we talk a little bit. I'm, you know, he's a nice guy. He's very conversational. And I think I might have had like some punk rock shirt on or you know, some black flag or something like that. And uh, he goes, oh, that's, and he looks at my shirt and he goes, ah, punk band, huh? I go, yeah. He goes, I go, do you know who they are? He goes, well, I sort of know who they, who they are, but I don't know who they are. I've never heard them. And I go, well, so one of these days I'll have to, I have to play you some punk. He goes, yeah, that'd be great. So we start talking a little bit about music. And, um, so I think he, you know, goes, he turns the other way and 
he's had enough of me and he's having conversation. And one of my guys elbows me a little bit. He goes, dude, I go, what? He goes, you know who that was? I'm like, no. He goes, dude, that was Doug Peterson. I'm like, Doug Peterson? Like, the? And of course, as soon as he said it, you know, if you, if you saw Doug, you knew he had a very, very uh, familiar look to him, right? He had the beard and, you know, big head of moppy hair. And, um, you know, Doug was just unmistakable. You, you could pick Doug out of any crowd. Um, I'm like, holy, holy shit. That was Doug Peterson. Like, he had a conversation with me. Like, Doug Peterson, you know, he could have easily, like, just dismissed me. And, and I think he tried to at first when he was kind of dissing Freefall. But, you know, I really wasn't having any of it because I felt like uh, – Again, with no, not again, excuse me, but with no frame of reference, I knew nothing about where that boat, you know, stacked up uh, against other IR boats. I did not know, but I knew we were fast on the race course. I knew we beat some boats, you know, that I had, would have no idea that I could actually beat. Thank you, Bruce Farr. Um, and, but that I met Doug Peterson and like, I'm like, oh my God, like I now, I now know Doug, quote unquote, air quotes, right? I know Doug Peterson. I'm at the San Diego Yacht Club bar. I'm 26, something like that. And yeah, I was got late, a late start in San Diego. I didn't grow up in San Diego, but I've been there long enough to call myself a local. I mean, almost four decades, I think, qualifies. Um, but um, like, oh my God, just the enormity of all of it. And, and the, and, and Doug and I went on to be great friends. In fact, I ended up living in Doug's bitchin' house at the top of Point Loma. I, I was in a roommate situation. I didn't want to be there anymore. And I used to go, I used to go to Doug's house a lot and we'd hang out at the bar. You know, Doug was very friendly with everybody. And, you know, and we, we he was a good conversationalist. I mean, he's a, re, he was a Renaissance man in so many ways. His depth of understanding of arts and music and, of course, design, uh, culture, Japanese culture in particular. Um, he had a Japanese wife, uh, and gambare is Japanese word. And so we just talked about a lot of things. And he eventually said, well, I got a spare bedroom in my house. Just, yeah, just come, come live there. I go, well, I don't want – it's all right. Stay as long as you want. <laughs> I think I ended up staying like three years at Doug's house. And – you know, the parties and the hanging out and, you know, it just ended up being like such a great relationship and he was such a generous guy. Um, and so we fast forward a little bit, if I could just sort of wrap up the Peterson story, although I don't know that anybody can ever wrap up a Doug Peterson story. I mean, there are layers and layers and layers to my friendship and relationship with Doug, but he got a hold of one of his very fast 41 footer fractional rigs that he did. A boat called Flamboyant up in Long Beach. And the boat was just a rocket ship. And, I don't know, Doug bought it. And, um, and you know, asked me to steer the boat a few times. And, you know, we won a lot of stuff. We won the hot rum overall with that boat. It was so fast. And Doug was so great. No, nah, you steer. And every now and then he'd go, well, let me steer for a little bit. And he'd get on the tiller. And he'd steer for like 10 minutes. He'd go, okay, I'm not as good as you. You steer. I'm like, okay, Dougie. And so... You know, I, I don't know if that was the entry into, like, my, you know, knowing people at San Diego Yacht Club, but it certainly was for me. A, a, a young dude who didn't know anybody, 
found himself talking with Doug Peterson and then becoming friends with Doug. And then you can fast forward a little bit more back when the Morsi days, Doug was designing these maxi Morsi's, right? These super high rating uh, 30 footers that were incredibly fast. Um, you know, I had a couple of customers that, that got those things and uh, sailed a lot uh, on those boats and Doug sailed a as well. And, you know, the world's uh, an emptier place without Doug. Um, and not only just his abilities as a designer, but just the guy that he was, just such a great dude. Um, you know, and it is true. I know because he did it right in front of me. He used to sketch boats on cocktail napkins because he did it for us. We were talking to a customer who was thinking about doing maybe something like a 40 footer of some sort. And I'll never forget it. Doug drawing something up. I should have kept it. I could probably auction it. Well, the truth is I have it framed right in front of me. Drew up some like quick, you know, what a 40 footer would look like in his mind. And of course it was incredible. The, the project never went through, but those are my stories with Doug Peterson. That's how I met him. And uh, I feel so honored and really privileged and thankful to have been friends with Doug. And um, yeah, it's just a time I'll never forget. So thanks for staying with me on this. Um, may or may not be interesting to you, but uh, I don't care. That's my story. Um, for Sailing Anarchy, this is Scott Tempesta, and we will most definitely see you next time.